Do you have a tricky work problem that you need to solve? I have a great podcast recommendation for you featuring a pair of expert women. Whether you're just starting your career or a seasoned professional, check out Fixable, a podcast from TED. Hosted by Harvard professor Frances Fry and her wife, leadership coach Ann Morris, the brilliant duo provide honest, actionable advice to help you navigate everything from a gaslighting manager to returning to work after parental leave. They'll leave you feeling empowered and ready to act. Listen to Fixable wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Boss Up Podcast, episode 365. I'm your host, Emily Aries, the founder and CEO of Bossed Up. And on today's episode, we are breaking down how to crush the cover letter writing process. Cover letters are one of those tricky things that I think have a lot of controversial opinions surrounding them. So I'm very excited to dive into this conversation today. Anna on our team flagged this post on LinkedIn It's from someone who is a recruiter at Meta, actually, Nicole Fernandez-Valle, who wrote, I'm a recruiter and I hate cover letters. If you're taking the time to apply for the role, interest is implied. So why the need for an additional letter? In my experience, most cover letters end up being copied and pasted for every company and most recruiters don't read them. Let's make the hiring process more efficient by focusing on the tasks that will actually allow the team slash candidate to get to know each other in the quickest, most respectful way possible. I love that. That desire for efficiency definitely speaks to me, and it sparked a passionate debate here at Bossed Up HQ. So to help us break things down, whether we should kill the cover letter forever or whether it serves a key you know, purpose or part of the hiring process, I'm delighted to welcome back Irene Zemba to the Bossed Up podcast. Welcome, Irene. Hey, Emily. Excited to talk about cover letters, something we have very different opinions on. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So for those who might not know Irene already, she's our resident programs manager. She served as a job search coach here at Bostop. She fully redesigned and relaunched our hired job search accelerator earlier this year. And my favorite reason for having her on the podcast, she loves to share unapologetically strong opinions and indulge in juicy gossip whenever she gets the chance. So she's the perfect person to debate cover letters on today's episode. So uh, welcome, welcome. So delighted to have you back here. I'm, I'm delighted to bring some of our headquarters sort of office everyday debate to the podcast. So Irene, why shouldn't cover letters completely cease to exist? I'm in camp retire the cover letter forever, especially in the, you know, sake of efficiency's name. Help me understand why you feel so differently. Absolutely. So I actually think that cover letters give a lot of power back to people who are applying to jobs. And in my experience, having hired multiple people in different arenas, I always found them super helpful as a recruiter. So I think kind of what cover letters mean to me is that it allows the candidate an opportunity to really describe not just that they're interested, right? Like that post was really, oh, I know they're interested, but I'm not just looking for interest in a cover letter. I'm really looking for the candidate to guide me as the recruiter through why they are a good fit. 
because there are some jobs that it's really clear, right? Where you you need XYZ skill and you look at the resume, they have XYZ skill. But a lot of jobs are more subjective than that, right? And folks coming from a variety of different arenas could potentially be a good fit for them. And so I think that cover letters really give you the chance to say, this is my unique background. This is why I would be a great fit um, for this role. And to really kind of present your resume then and kind of introduce your resume in a way that's going to be really easy for the recruiter to understand. Um, And then as a recruiter, I feel like my experience has been that sometimes I read a resume and I'm like, I'm not seeing the connection here, or maybe it's someone career transitioning um, so that they're kind of taking their skills and applying them in a new arena. There have definitely been candidates that I've read their resume and thought, oh, I'm not very excited about that. Um, Or frankly, resumes are long. They have a lot of information. It may be the right thing didn't stick out to me when I read it. Mm. But then I visited their cover letter and heard kind of why they were excited about the job, why they thought their skills would be a good fit and was able to say, oh, actually, maybe there is a connection here. Yeah, I like that idea of like the cover letter frames your resume. It's like the frame you put around the piece of art that should be your resume. And a frame can make a big difference, can't it? (laughs) It absolutely can. I mean, I think, you know, in my former life, I worked in higher education and we would hire for positions that honestly, 99% of the applicants had basically the exact same educational and work background. Um, Mm. It's really common for people to be a resident director, go through and get their higher ed master's, and then they're trying to pivot to something new. And their resumes looked identical, right? And I had right. probably dozens of people whose identi- uh, whose resumes looked basically identical. Yeah. And so having the cover letter really helped me get to know them a little bit better and actually distinguish people who had the same skills. So I think that for you know both ones where you're trying to maybe career pivot and go in a different direction, it can really help frame and direct that. But it can also mm. help if you're maybe one in a pool of candidates that might actually have very similar backgrounds as well totally. um, to differentiate yourself. Yeah. You're sort of reminding me of the concepts behind persuasive communication that mm-hmm. I always view the job search as just one big persuasion campaign, right? And how do you persuade anyone to do anything? You have to appeal rationally to their heads which I think the resume does very well. Here are the skills that make me qualified. But you also equally should be appealing to their hearts, right? Like here's why I care. Here's why I'm the best fit for the position, especially in a competitive landscape where there are lots of qualified people. And that's true, right? Like skills are one part of the puzzle, but it's by no means the entirety of it. And I don't want to hire anybody that's not genuinely excited (laughs) to be part of the team. So that's part of what I think turns me off about so many cover letters because to this recruiter's post point, the rinse and repeat copy and paste cover letter is such a bore. It's a bore to ask for a cover letter that's just a form letter. It's a bore to write one. It's certainly a bore to read one. So I guess it really depends on like how how you're using cover letters as a job seeker or a hiring manager. You know, it's funny um, because 
I am in a, a kind of a Facebook group of folks who used to work in higher education and have since left or are looking to leave. And someone posted in that Facebook group the other day and basically said, like, you know, I apply to the jobs that I care about with like a cover letter through their application process. But for jobs that I'm kind of just throwing it out, I'm just going to click easy apply on LinkedIn and was mm-hmm. asking people about their opinions about that um, and if they'd ever had that work for them. Um, and I kind of chimed in and said, you know, as somebody who is recruiting for a position right now, it's really easy to ignore an easy apply on LinkedIn, right? Like just yeah. a resume with no other context because you're sort of like, oh, if you're not immediately sold on their skills, then you're just going to kind of ignore it, which frankly, on easy apply on LinkedIn, there are a lot of those. Um, yeah. And the folks who actually took the time, uh, what that kind of interaction taught me is that the folks who actually take the time to apply with a cover letter that is tailored, that is thoughtful, that actually signals to me, oh, this person actually cares, right? This job right. isn't in the pile of jobs that they're just like, easy apply, easy apply, let me get those apps out there. It's actually mm-hmm. one that they care enough to take the time. I mean, it's so funny because she was admitting that that's exactly what's happening. And Absolutely. You can see that. I mean, you can totally see that happening. So yeah. let's pull back the curtain a bit because we have been doing quite a bit of hiring at Bossed Up lately. You know, how have cover letters impacted the way that you've navigated the hiring process? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think kind of the biggest thing here is that there are people who I did a first round interview with that I literally would not have done it without their cover letter, right? I Mm. saw their resume and I was sort of like, oh, I don't really see the connection here. You know, this is a kind of job that a lot of folks are pivoting into this type of role. We're a very specific type of company and type of role. And so we had uh, folks from a lot of different industries applying. Some of them that I couldn't like read their resume and think, oh, here's how that connects up to the work that we do. But then when someone had a really engaging resume um, where they were very thoughtful about what they wrote, where their writing was good, where they seemed to be able to make those connections between their skills and experiences and the role, which I hadn't necessarily been Mm. able to make that connection, um, then I I offered them an interview, right? And so they Mm -hmm. got the door. And I feel like that is in so many jobs, right? The biggest cut is from just initial application to that first round interview. And if you get into that first round, you're a lot more likely, you know, you have their attention more and you're able to kind of advocate for yourself a little bit more. So I think for me, our interview process really showed that like that can have a really big impact by itself. Absolutely. I mean, and we asked for a very specific kind of cover letter, right? To my point earlier, I don't want to read a bunch of boring cover letters, but people will give you a bunch of boring cover letters if you don't give them direction, I mm-hmm. think, because like there's so much bad career advice out there that's like, here's the copy and paste template that wins every time. And then everyone copies and pastes this boring ass template into their cover letter makes me want to just like burn my eyeballs, honestly, <laughs> reading them. So I'm looking at the instructions at the bottom of our position description, and we said, submit a brief email or letter with no more than 500 words total, answering the following questions. What's your number one most important core value? Prove it. Tell us about a time or a choice that you made that demonstrates that value. What have you done personally and professionally to advance the impact that you most want to have in this world? And how would you already improve what we're doing at Bust Up? What would you suggest doing differently and why? So we've kind of given people some structured prompts that I think creates a very telling 
but level playing field. So everybody knows what we're looking for. We're not asking you to create nonsense and fluff in your cover letter. We're not telling you to regurgitate what's in your resume, but it creates for a meaningful cover letter that complements and really explicitly asks for why they want to be here. How did you feel like that was received by the candidates you interviewed? Yeah, I I think it was received generally pretty well. You know, we got, in some ways, it's like presenting something like that also shows them what we're about at Bostop, right? It shows them what our values are and that we really kind of care about the impact that people have and how they want to show up in the world. Um, Mm. And for for the candidates and like seeing those cover letters came in, they really ran the gamut, right? There were some that were like, oh, wow, this person is really in line with our values. Um, They seem like they would be a great fit here. And then there were some people who I was like, what are you, what is your judgment happening right now? Right? (laughs) Like, why is this the thing that you're hoping to kind of... you know, really emphasize about yourself. So I do think that when you kind of ask those specific questions, it gives the candidate Mm. a little sense of like, what is important to this company? What do they really want to know about me? And then helps Mm -hmm. them be creative. And I think authentically show up as who they are uh, in that kind of storytelling way. Um, because we definitely mm. had lots of different types of values, lots of different types <laughs> of stories, some that were a great fit for us and some that we were like, oh, maybe not. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, so that's good advice for people out there who are hiring is to give a cover letter prompt if you don't want to read a bunch of boring cover letters. But for the job seekers listening to this who are saying, "Ugh," but everybody's asking for just a regular old cover letter. Yeah. Why bother writing it? Like, what should I keep in mind? when approaching the cover letter from a perspective of someone who loves cover letters or thinks that they're important. Let's say you, you let's say we're on the same page there. Cause I do think they serve a important role in the persuasion process. If used wisely, how would you advise people to go about approaching writing a cover letter? Well, yeah. So I, I have kind of three main tips for people to really keep in mind in terms of writing engaging cover letters. Uh, The first one is to really make sure that your cover letter highlights the the key skills for that job, right? Mm. Every job description has probably dozens of skills or experiences or qualifications that they're looking for. Uh, But you want to make sure that your cover letter is speaking to like the most essential parts of this job. You don't want to get caught on one little bullet point and make your whole cover letter about that. Which we've seen before, right? Because people get excited. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're excited about one little line on that job description, it's really easy for you as the job seeker to go, oh, I'm going to tell them all about how I care about sustainability. But like, maybe that's not actually 90% of the job, right? Right. You're like, wow, that person's really into that one teeny tiny element of the job. But like, can they do these bigger, basic, fundamental parts of the, the job gets left unanswered? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I, I, so the kind of tip there is just to make sure that you're really paying close attention to the job description. If they have mm. percentages of the job, making sure that you're really covering those larger percentages of like what the tasks are and responsibilities are. Um, but mm. also look for repeating words, look for common themes, look for mm. what are the core pieces of this role and make sure that you're addressing like those top two to three pieces of the role so that they're yeah. really getting a sense of that. And when you say percentages, just to clarify, sometimes job descriptions will say 50% of this role is customer service, 
The other 25% is focusing on sales and marketing, and the other 50% is administrative work. So you're saying to make sure you're emphasizing the thing that takes up, you know, the vast majority of your time. Is that right? Right, exactly. That yeah. was 125%. But <laughs> Who's counting? But, but, Who's counting? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but but yeah, totally. I mean, if if there's two, if it's like half and half, make sure that you touch on both. If there's like three main areas, I would try to frame a little bit. And it doesn't need to be like a whole paragraph about each one. It could even be, let me introduce a paragraph where I talk about, here's how my key skills kind of match up to this mm. job. And then you could bullet point it out. Like, don't be afraid to use bullet points in a cover letter. That can actually True. make it a lot easier to read. Mm. We love bullet points in a cover letter. Okay. So that's a really good tip. Make sure you're focused on the right thing and you're not getting, you know, you're not running away with your cover letter focused on one tiny element of the job. What else you got? Yeah. So the second thing is to really make sure that you are connecting your story, telling a compelling story about how you're a great fit for both the organization and the role. Mm. Um, so this kind of comes back to that personalization, right? That you don't want to just like read a million cover letters that are just generic and say, I'm yeah. great at customer service. Like I, you know, whatever those roles are. Um, so it is really your chance to present like who you are as a person mm. and, you know, why you think that this organization and this role is a great fit for you and why they would benefit from from having you on the team. Yeah, um, that mutuality piece that you alluded to is so key, right? Here's why I'm so excited about this role and why you should be excited about me, <laughs> right? Like right, here's how cause, I, cause every, I can serve you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because every recruiter is basically like, I want this person to solve my problem, right? Like I have a problem and it's a lack of person here or like a lack of a skill on this team and they want you to be the answer to that problem. So if you can say, here are all the things I'm going to bring to you yeah. and why I think it's really going to further your work, that goes a long way because totally. they're spending a lot of time kind of filtering through resumes, which have, you know, so many different bullet points, so many different skills outlined. And they really want you to basically handhold them through and say, yeah. here's why I'm going to be the solution to your problem. Here's why I'm so excited to work in this organization. Yeah. I think it's like a fine line, right? Because you can, if you focus too much on your own personal excitement about the role, it reads like a fan letter. It's sure. like, OMG, this is a dream job for me. Please, please, please give it to me. And that's not the right approach. And that's just not the right tone. Not that anyone would actually write that, but like the tone you're watching for. And then if you fly too hard in the other direction, it's like, I am the answer to your prayers. I will <laughs> like solve all of your problems. I am the perfect candidate for this role. You can almost read as too much overconfidence and like, too much saleswomanship. So it's sort of like finding that balance between here's why I feel really aligned with this role. Like here's a story from my past that demonstrates that I'm passionate about the same things that you're passionate about. And I have the skills that are going to really add value to your team. Those two things both have to be present, like your personal interest in the role and your personal skill set to add value to this role. Yeah, you definitely don't want to overcorrect too much to either of those areas. I, you know, I think that a good rule of thumb is that usually for me, I have that first paragraph be like setting me up as a candidate. Here's yeah. why I'm excited about your organization. Here are the values of your organization that I resonate with. And then kind of teeing up 
here's a broad overview of my skill set. And here's why I think it would make me a great fit for this particular role. And then you can dive a little bit more into that, like framing your resume, highlighting your key skills in the rest of the cover letter so that it's not a whole page long. Here's my excitement, right? It needs to be concrete too. Yeah, I like that. So when you say tell a story or like show who you are, I think some people get a little scared at that. Like, oh, I can't like be who I am. I can't like reveal my full self. What's that fine line between like showing some personality versus oversharing? Sure. You, you know, I think you and I are probably pretty different on this um, <laughs> yeah. on this particular wavelength because I know, actually, I think you feel a lot more free to tell like a really specific personal story. I know that's the advice you love to give. Yeah. For me, you know, I think that sharing a little bit about kind of why something is important to you. Like when I worked in higher education, I entered that field because I had been so affected by mentorship in the past when I was a a college student. And so when I would kind of apply for roles within that arena, you know, I could tell a little bit of my personal story, talk about what my values as a professional were and kind of Mm. match that up with the role. Um, But it wasn't like really going deep into my past, you know, it was mostly just saying kind of, I had an impactful experience here, or, you know, this is something that I really care about for X Mm. reason. I think when I do cover letters, I, I don't tend to get a lot deeper than that. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Do, do you get deeper than that? Do you think? I don't know. Do I feel like cover letter. I feel like it's a risk slash reward game. Like to sure. Brene Brown's point, she would say, you know, vulnerability is a prerequisite to real connection. And so mm-hmm. being vulnerable in your cover letter, revealing more of yourself than feels necessarily like coloring within the lines, especially for BIPOC folks in a very white dominant culture or queer folks, right, in a straight dominant culture. Like revealing parts of yourself that feel vulnerable to do can be an a scary thing to do, no doubt. Like very much involves actual risk-taking, But the people who respond well to that, the kinds of employers that read that and go, hell yeah, like that's a courageous story that they've revealed something about themselves in this letter that speaks to me and our values here. By its very nature, it attracts the right relationships. So it helps you foster deeper connection. Even we're not talking about dating, but it applies there too. You know what I mean? It's like if you want to be seen and valued for who you really are by your employer – weed out the employers who don't resonate with who you are by putting who you really are in your cover letter. And it, will it take you a little bit longer to find a job? Probably. So it just depends sure. on your on your top priority. Are you optimizing for the, like, the safest, most value-aligned place that you want to work for? Or are you like, you know what, uh, I need to pay my bills. I need a job ASAP. Then I'm going to probably play it a little safer. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that comes up there is your industry, right? Because uh, totally. there are different yeah. industry norms in terms of like what might be uh, <laughs> yeah. attractive to share or appropriate to share. So it's also a matter of using your best judgment and knowing your yeah. industry. I mean, certainly for us, we work at a values-based organization. We are talking all the time about things that we care about. So if someone applies to a job at Boss Up, like, hell yeah, we want to know what sure. their... Um, kind of values are. Yeah. Uh, 
And obviously within any industry, there are also different types of companies that kind of function differently, have different values. Um, so I think it's, it, it is kind of a matter of like stretching yourself a little bit, kind of sharing a little bit. I do think that there are different healthcare companies, IT companies, restaurant chains, some of whom value, you know, bringing your whole person to work more than others. So I don't know if it's yeah. like by industry, but it, it definitely is a game of risk tolerance because showing who you really are in an authentic, vulnerable way in your cover letter is not without risk. You might turn off some employers. If you have the luxury of time on your side, aka money, right? You're not like, ooh, I need to like pay my rent right now. Then it might be worth it to show who you really are, to find the next best employer for you who's going to value who you really are. But again, you know, that's a privilege that not everybody can exercise in this culture we live in. So I don't know. I I see your point. And also it's like, I don't think we need to relive our fucking trauma in a cover letter either. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like don't write anything about yourself that you're not, you know, if you're feeling triggered by it, it's too much. (laughs) So it's like, there's a line. You know, our job search clients often get, we, we do a week on storytelling, right? And how to, or storytelling in your cover letter. Yeah. And some of our clients get really tripped up and go like, man, I've gone through some hard stuff. Like, I, I don't know how to tell my story, but it's, you know, what we always emphasize is that it's one part of your story, right? Right. And you are framing, you're in the power position here. You are going to frame your story so that you're the hero, so that it sets yeah. you up to be the right person for this job. So you're being authentic, but selectively authentic, right? Like they don't yes. need to know every little thing about you. Um, so free yourself from the idea that you have to to share the deepest thing because oftentimes that's yeah. not you know appropriate for that anyway. Yeah. And also leave out whatever details you need to leave out that like aren't essential to the story. You're not under oath. We're not saying to lie, but we can absolutely gloss over some hard shit you've been through to get to the point of what you learned, you know? Like you don't need to tell the full story in your cover letter. Okay. So you said you had three big tips that you wanted job seekers writing cover letters to think about. What is the final one here? Yeah. So the final one we've kind of talked about a little bit, um, but really it's creating that frame, really teeing up your resume so that it's not duplicating your resume. You're not like pulling lines Mm. out of your resume and saying the exact same thing, but that you're sort of giving the reader an expectation of what they can see more of in your resume. So when you're highlighting those key skills, you can say, I, you know, at this job, I kind of did these things, which I think will set me up well for X part of this new position. And then you can kind of reference so that they know where to go look at your resume if they want more specifics about mm-hmm. it. Because um, basically, I, it's more about summation, right? It's like you are condensing this information and presenting it with this like frame, with this introduction to say, okay, here are the the myriad of skills that I have. And then when they want to know more, then they can go look at your resume. Yeah. So it, it's more about like the top line. Uh, you know, usually in resumes, you're like bullet point by bullet point showing specific things that you did and kind of what their outcomes were. But in the cover letter, it's much more about like creating that overarching introduction and frame um, and telling a story about the work that you've done. And then they can go get the specifics in the resume. Yeah. It's almost like a highlight reel. I I like that relationship. I could think of it as like a movie trailer and then the feature film. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're like the cover letter is giving you a teaser of here's what's to come, you know, in the, the adventure that lay ahead in my resume. But, you know, this is the 
the trailer that's hopefully getting them enticed to read more, right? Giving them an overview, but also giving them a sense of excitement about your candidacy based on your skills and your interest in the position. So, Absolutely. I like that. And and this is especially critical for folks who are pivoting industries, mm. right? When I pivoted from higher education to kind of my role here at Bossed Up, I had to learn how to, in that cover letter, mm-hmm. frame my skills that were in a very specific context uh, and really say, here's how they would be applicable, right? And that's really the only chance that you have to make that connection as a pivoter, mm-hmm. which I think is really important to do because- like I said, like I have been on committees where a a lot of folks in like a committee or a recruiter really wants to hire somebody who they're certain can do that job because they've already done that job, right? That's the um, easiest person to hire is someone who has done the exact job in the past. Right. It's harder to make connections as a recruiter for somebody who is pivoting from a different yeah. uh, industry or who has kind of a different type of role and is trying to bring those uh, kind of skills and experiences into a new format. So that is really key for anyone who is pivoting in any type of way to really make sure that you are telling them, here are the skills that I have and how they can be applicable to this new yeah. role because that, that connection will always be explicit in the resume. It's so funny you say that because I, I hate hiring people who've done the exact job before. Like yeah, I almost but, never <laughs> would do sure. that. But that's not but common. I think, that, I think that's not common. Yeah. Particularly yeah. like in where, where I worked in higher education, it was like really uncommon to see people be excited about somebody who hadn't worked in that like particular siloed area of the institution oh before. God. So even Does if they'd seem... worked at a college before, it was like still oh a stretch. God. Wow. Yeah. See, I'm always thinking about headroom and like um, what's it called? Runway. I want to hire someone who's got a long runway of growth ahead of them because then I know they're going to stick around and like grow with me. But I guess. Sure. I, guess I think you are everybody. a little bit more of a growth oriented employer than <laughs> a lot of people are. Here's, here's the bottom line on cover letters. Okay. For anyone who's listening, who's thinking to themselves right this very moment, that sounds like a lot of work. How do you acknowledge that cover letters are only really worthwhile when done right. And that also being a job seeker kind of sucks. There's a lot going on. There's a ton to manage, not just in terms of your time, but also your energy and your your expectations for yourself. So what is the takeaway for a job seeker who is wondering, oh my God, how do I not be overly perfectionistic, but also not just click that easy apply button, which doesn't really do much for anybody? Yeah. So I think for me, my big piece of advice there is basically what I call kind of a master cover letter. Um, So for example, like when I was in higher education, I was applying to a lot of roles that had similar types of skills needed, maybe like leadership or student supervision or working with families, right? So what I kind of did was build up you know, it's it's really easy to kind of go back to other cover letters that you've done and try to fish out stuff that is helpful. But what I really did was put together a master document that every time I wrote something that I really needed to highlight a key skill or experience about myself, I would take that and I would say basically, okay, here's my leadership section of my master mm. cover letter. And 
copy paste that stuff in. So in the future, when I was putting together a cover letter I, and I saw like, okay, I need to talk about my leadership experience. I could hop in there, see what I've written before and then pull out what mm. seemed like most relevant. And if you're applying to similar types of roles, you should be seeing kind of similar skill or skill areas or experience areas mm. kind of continually highlighted. So for me, Oftentimes what I've kind of done is Frankenstein a cover letter together yeah. and say, okay, let's make sure that that first paragraph is that one that like really connects, tells your story, connects to their values and kind of what type of organization they are. But don't feel like you need to write the whole body of the cover letter specifically for each new cover letter. Right. Kind of build up your bank of here's the writing I've done about myself and kind of the key areas that I am kind of framing my resume with. Mm. And then go ahead and copy paste those things. Make sure that you read through everything and edit it and make yeah. sure that you're not like referencing another company or another role. But feel free to kind of you know, utilize it your own work. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. On yourself. I like that. Yeah. I think the copy and paste jobs that are terrible are the ones from form cover letters on the internet to your yeah. history. But copy and pasting your own writing about yourself for use in multiple applications, totally legit. And writing is hard. As a job seeker, everybody has to become a marketing professional, marketing themselves. And copywriting is not easy. So... I love that advice. And that reminds me of the many ways that you helped me adjust our curriculum for hired. Because when you joined the team, I had just, you know, had a, a, a beta, I want to call it, but like a first stab at the hired curriculum for our job search uh, program here at Bossed Up. Barely acknowledged cover letters. I started with storytelling, and that was the emphasis. How do you use your personal story in cover letters in your objective statement in your interviews, but I didn't really address how to make it practical for job seekers to accelerate their success by leveraging cover letters. And in the new and improved version of our hired curriculum um, that really just just launched uh, earlier this year, it is so much more explicit and full of great nuggets of advice like that piece that you just you just gave us here. So thank you for joining me on the pod to share it with everybody. I really appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me. All right, boss. Now Irene and I want to hear from you. Cover letters, yay or nay? What do you think? Do you love a cover letter? Do you hate a cover letter? Do you loathe them? Do they slow down your whole job search? Let's keep the conversation going in the Bossed Up Courage community on Facebook. And I would love, love, love to get your voice in this conversation as well. And if you want more great, practical, tactical job search advice from the team here at Bossed Up, including our fabulous programs manager, Irene, definitely head to bossedup.org slash job search to get our free comprehensive job search guide or join us for Hired, our job search accelerator, which you can get on the wait list for right now at bossedup.org slash get hired. That's bossedup.org slash get hired. For links to everything we talked about in today's episode, head to bossedup.org slash episode 365. That's bossedup.org slash episode 365. And until next time, keep bossing in pursuit of your purpose. And together, let's lift as we climb.